Hello everybody, I'm Stuart Smith of smallcapvoice.com and welcome to the Night Food Holdings Incorporated Investor Conference Call. Today on the call with me is Night Food founder and CEO, Sean Folkson. Now, Night Food Holdings Incorporated is a fully reporting public company traded under the ticker symbol NG. TF. For those unable to participate in this call completely, in other words, if you logged in late, a replay of the call will be available at smallcapvoice.com as well as on the ir.nightfood.com page. Now, before we get going, let me read the safe harbor provision. This interview may include forward-looking statements made pursuant to the safe harbor provisions of the Private Securities Litigation Reform Act of 1995. That involves risks and uncertainties, including but not limited to the impact of competitive products, the ability to meet customer demands, the ability to manage growth, acquisitions of technology, equipment, or human resources, the effect of economic business conditions, and the ability to attract and retain skilled personnel. The company is not obligated to revise or update any forward-looking statements in order to reflect events or circumstances that may arise after the date of this interview. Now, anytime you want to find the safe harbor or forward-looking statements, as they're called, you can bring up a press release for the company, NGTF is the ticker symbol. Look at that press release. Again, this interview is covered by those same provisions. Now, let me turn the call over to Sean Folkson. Sean, how are you? Great. Thank you, Stuart. I want to thank you for uh, hosting, and I want to thank everybody joining us here on our first ever Night Food Holdings shareholder conference call. Uh, you know, the questions we got really cover most of the items that I would be touching on if we were to do a more formal company update. So I think what we'll do is I'll just provide some context for any new investors, uh, and then I think we'll just get right into the question and answer part. So for anybody who's not familiar with the company, Night Food is a better-for-you snack company. We focus on specifically the nighttime snack market. And the reason for this is that almost half of all snacking occurs between dinner and bed, and that represents uh, over a billion dollars per week in consumer spend. Now, we tend to get our most unhealthy cravings at night, willpower is weak, and appetite is uh, stronger, and that's why the most popular choices at night don't tend to be healthy choices, but rather tend to be uh, unhealthy choices such as cookies, chips, ice cream, and candy. So with a market of that size and new research coming out all the time about this link between nutrition and sleep, we think it's very exciting that we're still the only company targeting this space. The Night Food brand continues to grow and expand as we pioneer what we expect to be a billion-dollar consumer category, which we call nighttime nutrition. And in addition, we recently made public our decision to enter uh, the fast-growing and uh, lucrative CBD market. CBD has been used for centuries to help with sleep and is now something that we believe we can bring to market uh, in the form of CBD-infused products on a mass scale. So we're very excited about both verticals of our business going forward and answering the questions that our investors and other interested parties have submitted. Hopefully, we'll be able to get you a better perspective on uh, what we see as the future of night food holding. So, you know, with that, Stuart, why don't you uh, just, you know, let's get going with the first question. Absolutely. Thank you, Sean. And thank you, shareholders, for emailing your questions in. Here we go. I've been seeing updates from the company about all the online marketing stuff. Are you also working to get into more stores, supermarkets, Walmart, etc.? 
Right. So uh, we get that question a lot, and the reason people will see us focusing a lot on the online piece is because that's where the fastest growth is. That's where you can grow and scale the most quickly, and that's where you can uh, be a lot more nimble. You can adjust advertising expenditures in real time, get immediate feedback from the marketplace about the products that you're selling, and build these powerful direct-to-consumer relationships through you know, gathering consumer feedback, you know, identifying which new flavors or products might be the, the best ones before you start rolling into retail. We do expect the nighttime nutrition category to come to life in 2018 because we're going to be the ones driving the bus. And if anybody hasn't seen it already, they can contact us. There's a report. We put out a news release, uh, I think it's about a month ago now, a report that came out by a market research firm called Mintel. I, I think they're the largest consumer research firm in the world, or if not, they're one of them. And they identified nighttime nutrition as one of their key food and beverage trends to look out for in the next few years. So to answer the question, broad retail distribution, because I think that's really, the question is not why online. The question is, you know, what are the plans for, for the retail distribution piece? It's definitely a key component of our strategy, and it's something that we're going to make a focus more towards the second half of 2018 and beyond. When we start going to retailers at that time, we believe we're going to be able to have more flavors, have maybe even additional night food snack formats, and we'll have a much more clear picture of who our best customers are and the way that we can drive those customers to purchase product at retail. So mass market, definitely on our radar screen. It's definitely going to be something we're going to be focusing on probably six to nine months out and then very heavy for the next several years. Sean, the next question moves away from the corporate side of things and it really focuses right into the stock market. It's pretty succinct. Here's the question. Why has the stock been so up and down lately, Sean? <laughs> yeah, um, I get that question many times a day, sometimes uh, from family members and uh, strangers alike. Look, the market does what the market does. Uh, I believe that most of the people, the kind of people that would tune in or listen in on a call like this, are more interested in the long-term outlook and, and the long-term prospects of the company, which I think are very strong. You know, the day-to-day -day stock price, you know, I think that tends to be more of a concern of a different kind of, of trader or, you know, you could say investor or, 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 or trader there. And, and remember that each day new people are learning about our company for the first time. And if I were talking to a friend or a relative about the prospects of the company, you know, I, I tend to focus on a few things. I focus on the size of the market that we're serving how receptive the consumers are to a solution for this problem in their lives, and you know what would the company be worth if we're able to scale revenue and execute like we think we can. When I talk to investors, I point to valuations in the consumer goods and specifically the Better For You snack space. I look at transactions like what recently occurred about a month ago with uh, RX Bar being sold to General Mills for $600 million, Epic Provisions, also uh, to General Mills, Justin's Nut Butter, to Hormel. There's a ton of transactions that uh, crave beef jerky to Hershey's. I mean, there's so many uh, of these transactions out there, and I, we see all these new brands that are getting snatched up because that's just simply how the big guys are doing things these days. So over time, if we do what we're supposed to do, what I expect us to do, the market will clearly reflect the valuation on what we've built. And as an investor or a trader, at some point, I guess you'd ask yourself, it's not what is a stock worth, but what's a company worth. 
Uh, and that, I guess, depends, again, on what type of investor you are. So if you look out far enough on the horizon, those two things will start to, to come together more closely, the stock price and the true value of the company. So if our stock is at 15 cents, for example, and we have, a, you know, let's say, 30, 35 million shares out, uh, that would give us a market cap of about $5 million. And for a growing company that's tackling this $50 billion consumer spend with no direct competition for the nighttime snack space, you know, some people might think, hey, that's a bargain. Other people may think that's overpriced, but that's, again, part of what makes markets. So I certainly think there's value here. I'm excited about the company, as, as probably can everybody can hear. I've never sold a share of my holdings, and I don't plan to for a long time. But, you know, when people ask, you know, why is the stock going up? Why is it going down? Or what's it going to do tomorrow? Obviously, I can't comment or speculate on that. Um, and I wouldn't begin to. I'm focused more on, you know, delivering long-term value to all the shareholders. Okay, this next one is a question as well as some feedback for you. It says, I see the new website is up. It looks great. How are the consumers responding to it? Yeah, the new site, we're really happy with it. Uh, People love it. And and really, the most important thing is what it's designed to do is that it's driving sales at a much higher conversion rate than what we'd ever seen before. And, And really, that's just with one piece, the new website. We haven't yet implemented the two big pieces that are going to be coming in, which is the uh, of the online puzzle, and that is the use of video on the website and influencer marketing. So I'm going to get into a little bit of the metrics. I am an old-school online marketer, if there is such a thing. So I'm going to get into a little bit of the metrics so that people can understand kind of how this works. Everybody watches Shark Tank, but, you know, this is kind of a little bit of a, of a deep dive in there. So, you know, we're able to drive cold traffic from Facebook, and cold traffic means people that have never heard of our brand, right? These are not repeat customers. You know, we don't have a lot of awareness yet. We're still a new company. So uh, about 3% of those people that are coming to our website uh, of this cold traffic are buying immediately, just buying a box of, of, of night food. And, and that's a really high number. It might not sound like a lot, but it's a really high number. And I honestly never thought that metric was attainable. Again, we haven't rolled out the other pieces, so we expect it to go up once we incorporate video into the website and once we have influencers driving uh, consumers to our website. But the other thing that I want to point out, because, you know, we did put out, and it's true, of course, that we had record month in July, record month again in August, where we beat July uh, by like 50-something percent. And that was when we were driving traffic uh, from a landing page to Amazon, and people were buying on Amazon. And, And in a lot of cases, they were buying because there was a discount being offered. You know, buy now, introductory discount, try night food for the first time. But the amazing thing about what we're doing now where we're seeing this, this very high conversion rate on our site is these people are paying full price, $23.99, plus $4.95 shipping. And what they're being asked to buy is a box of snacks that they've never tried before. So people have never tasted this, and yet they're motivated enough. And, and to us, what that tells us is that it's because we're solving a big problem in their lives, right? You couldn't do this, Stuart, with a box of uh, 12 donuts right, that people had never tried before. I mean, why would they pay? They can get it locally. It's not really solving a problem. There's nothing unique about it. So we've got these conversion rates, and that doesn't even account for the number of people, like I would be one of these people typically, would hear about this thing on Facebook, click through, read about it. It sounds great. Hey, let me go on Amazon and see what other people say about it, and then I'd probably, you know, maybe even buy there because I'm a Prime member. Obviously not with Nightfood. I would buy on nightfood.com, but if I found another new product, I'd probably end up being somebody buying on Amazon. And we don't know exactly. We can't quantify that overflow. So when we talk about that 3% number, that's 3% transacting directly on the night food 
www.thinkdigital.com. So we believe that people are seeing a lot of value, and that's a big part of what this new website does for us is it, it creates value. People are not buying because they see a limited time offer or a big discount. They're buying because they see that we're solving a big problem in their lives. And the powerful thing about that is that those people, uh, and we're starting to see it, are more likely to be repeat customers, right? Because they're buying value. They uh, are not afraid of the twenty of the $2 a bar, right? And so if they like the product, they can continue to keep buying it as opposed to somebody who buys at a big discount. And then when they're asked to pay normal or full price, it might seem intimidating. So this is really good for our revenues. It's really good for our margins. And the math of an online transaction, or really any business transaction, is pretty simple, right? How much does it cost to acquire that customer? How much more will they buy over time and at what price? And that kind of determines, that's what we call the lifetime value. So, you know, we're already testing close to our target numbers now on customer acquisition costs, but we do expect the videos and as we implement influencer marketing, we expect to be able to acquire uh, customers at cheaper and less expensive costs to the company as we implement those things. So that's one part of the equation. The other part is, again, the increase in lifetime value. And that's going to come from things that we're implementing as we speak. We've got developers working on a a points program, like a a frequent uh, flyer program, subscription options. In the past, we've had a lot of success with people getting monthly shipments. And we're going to be doing that on the Night Food website. We're also going to be doing that through Amazon's subscribe and save program, which a lot of people out there might be familiar with, and through introducing additional flavors and additional snack products, gluten-free, vegan, things like that. So when you know you can acquire a customer, whatever that cost is, $10, $20, $30, wherever, wherever that falls, and you know the average initial ticket in our cases is between $30 and $35, and then you know that the average customer will order three or four more boxes over the next 12 months, so that's another $7,500 or $100 in revenue. Right. Once all those metrics are in place, then you can scale fast. Because we're doing online, and this gets back to a question from earlier, you just turn up the spending, put a little bit more fuel on the fire. And again, we're already there with some of our metrics and testing, but that's how you get to six-figure months in the early part of 2018 and seven-figure revenue months later on. And again, all these metrics I'm giving everybody only refer to not any additional night food formats, just the bars, and certainly doesn't include anything on the CBD side of things or the marijuana side of things because those are products that obviously, you know, are not yet available, but uh, we're working on developing those things right now. Well, that really goes into the next question just perfectly. When will the CBD snacks be available, Sean? Yeah, so we're, we're researching uh, different options. We recently entered into a relationship with the Players Network, and this is a vertically integrated company out of Las Vegas, uh, and one of their subsidiaries is called MJ Accelerator, Marijuana Accelerator. And as an accelerator, what they do is uh, they help provide all the resources to companies looking to get into the space, and they've got powerful vertical integration, which can increase our speed to market. So they can help with product development, procuring ingredients, formulating, navigating the regulatory landscape, product distribution, uh, and they're building out a commercial kitchen on their on their premises so they can also manufacture product for us in smaller batches which allows us to be more nimble and keep inventory costs down compared to in the nutrition bar space you tend to have uh, have to run larger batches of product so on the CBD side we think that you know that's probably going to be the fastest path we are researching well two other things I mean one is 
that we may also choose to do uh, products that would be restricted in terms of not being able to sell across state lines, not being able to sell online. So when we do simple CBD-infused products, those things are legal. You could mail order those. Uh, but other kinds of products would be restricted geographically, so maybe only available in Nevada at first or Nevada and California. And as different states change their regulations, you know, we can roll those things out. And there's another idea within the space that it, it could be a, a, a home run or it could be a dead end. If this call were happening two weeks ago, we would not have had the idea yet. And if this call were happening in a month, I might be able to give people a little bit more detail. But we've got an idea that we think is pretty great. We're trying to see if it can be pulled off scientifically. And if we can, then I think everybody's going to start to hear about that pretty soon. Um, so, again, when you ask about the CBD, really, there's three different things. One, again, is the CBD-infused snacks, which can go nationwide. Next would be snacks that contain ingredients or formulations that are only legal in certain jurisdictions. And then the third would be kind of this uh, top-secret Project X, which could be a, uh, an amazing idea or could be a total non-starter, quite frankly. Well, Sean, you talked a few months ago about adding some celebrities to the team. How is that coming along? Right. So part of our relationship with Common Thread Collective, who handled uh, our website route design and, and doing our uh, videos and stuff, what, another big piece of their business is the celebrity influencer piece. I mean, they've uh, connected some of their client companies with uh, influencers such as, you know, Phil Mickelson and Mike Trout and, and Von Miller, uh, Russell Wilson, a lot of sports people, but also some other types of celebrities. A lot of celebrities now are not people that the average person might know. I mean, there, there are YouTubers and Instagrammers out there with 5, 10 million followers that most other people have never heard of. We don't know yet what the type of celebrity is going to work best. We're still identifying our target market and the messaging. And once you've tested those things and you really know your consumer, that's when you put the influencer program into full effect. You know, now you know who the right people are to talk that to talk about your brand and who connect with your brand at the influencer level and what they can say and should be saying and communicating to the consumer, which which makes every ad dollar more valuable and has positive impact on those metrics we talked about before, which is customer acquisition costs and lifetime value. So over the years, we've seen celebrities like Ashton Kutcher with Pop Chips. We've seen Justin Timberlake with Buy Beverage, and I think they just got acquired. I think it was uh, sometime earlier this year. Uh, there's others that I can't remember at this moment. I guess you know Jennifer Aniston and 50 Cent with, uh, with Vitamin Water. And, and these kinds of opportunities are going to be there with us. We think we're going to have opportunities for these mainstream celebrities, and also we're going to identify how can we take advantage of the social media celebrities that are out there that have tremendous influence over their, their little tribes that we think would really gravitate towards a product like ours. And then, of course, the other thing, we talk about influencers, nobody's more influential than your friends and family, whether it's on Facebook, on Twitter, you know, email. So we are building, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, uh, I know we talked about our rewards program, but we're also working on a referral program where, you know, customers that try night food and like it can then refer their friends and family. They get a discount in turn. The, the person that refers gets the discount. The person that orders gets a uh, trial discount. We've all, everybody's probably pretty familiar with this process. And what we found, Stuart, is that on Facebook, the amount of shares 
when we when we run our ads, the amount of interaction we get on our ads, the amount of shares, the amount of comments, the amount of likes, the amount of page likes, has us in a really high end of the spectrum with, with Facebook. All of the ads we run typically have a relevance score of, of 9 or 10. Facebook measures how people respond and what they think and how relevant an ad is because it's in Facebook's best interest to serve everybody in, uh, interesting content and not feel like they're sitting through a 20-minute commercial break during a TV show. And Facebook is telling us that consumers love our ads, which is great, and we know why that is. It's because this is a real thing. It's a real problem that impacts a lot of people, and they really uh, it really resonates with them that there is finally a solution out there. All right, another question wrapped in a comment. I just heard of the company a few weeks ago, and suddenly I'm seeing night food ads everywhere. How much are you guys spending on advertising? Yeah, so that's uh, something some people find it a little bit uh, a little bit creepy, uh, but that's ad retargeting. We're not spending a tremendous amount yet. We're still doing a lot of testing, as we mentioned. So when somebody goes to our website, uh, they get tagged as somebody that visited, and then our ads might look like they're following them around the Internet, and that is just a way to bring people back, especially if somebody left something in their cart or, or visited certain key pages on our website. So it, it might look like the ad spend is, is, uh, is a lot, but it's, it's just kind of the ads following people around, and that's what's called online retargeting ads. All right, excellent. When will the TV ads be running, and will it be in Atlanta as well? So, yeah, I mean, we don't know exactly what markets everything's going to be in. We do expect uh, Atlanta, Seattle, Dallas, uh, Houston, San Diego, Miami. A ton of, of, uh, of top markets are in the network that we purchased. Uh, this is a, a 10,000 spot campaign is what we signed up for, and, and 10,000 is the number of spots, and that's, that's what's guaranteed as a minimum. Uh, we were told that we can expect quite a bit more, but uh, uh, 10,000 is the number that, we've, uh, that we're guaranteed, and that's going to be starting in the next one to two weeks. We're really excited about TV. Uh, we know that the website is converting traffic really strongly, and you know, people at home, you know, how many times are they going to catch our ads just at the moment where you know, they're eating the ice cream or they're you know, grabbing their hand is in the chips, and then the TV uh, commercial comes on. So, uh, and we do we see uh, on online as well the involvement and the the conversion rates peak in those nighttime hours, which we think is really interesting, right? So, uh, between about 9 p.m. local time and 1 or 2 a.m. local time, that's when most of the orders come in. Uh, so, we think that it's going to be really, uh, really great on TV. I think TV gives a little bit of credibility when the consumer sees that ad and. You know, we had these great videos being created by Common Thread, and the ability to easily repurpose those for TV made this the right time to jump into TV testing. And, and if it works, again, it's just another way we're going to be able to really rapidly scale revenue in 2018. So, Sean, next question. What are your plans for the first part of 2018? So, you know, we've talked about it quite a bit. Obviously, scaling online is the big thing. Scaling TV, if, if the uh, test that's coming up does well, and the development and introduction of the CBD products and anything related to that that, that we discovered during our R&D is, is worthwhile. Those are, those are really probably the three main things. All right. Well, here's a loaded question. Can you provide revenue projections? Look, we're not going to provide revenue formal projections at this time. Things are changing really rapidly. We, we certainly expect a lot of changes to our marketing, uh, excuse me, to our product mix in the next 12 months. 
obviously the CBD line we just mentioned, uh, possible other products on that side of things, additional night food bar flavors and, and uh, additional um, night food products also. All these things are very real possibility over the next 12 to 18 months. And with all those moving parts, look, when people look for revenue projections, I think what they're really looking for is, is traction and market validation. So, you know, I just tend to circle back to what's already been uh, kind of discussed here, which is uh, we we see what our customer acquisition costs are now, and we know we're going to, well, we're confident we're going to be able to drive those lower, and we're, we're very confident we're going to be able to increase customer lifetime value. We're going to, you know, there's 100 million nighttime snackers in the U.S., we know most of them. We know what they're eating before bed. We have access to the capital that's going to allow us to scale the referral program, the influencer program. Those things are getting ready to go. And so our intent is to rapidly scale revenues over the next several months. All, all our systems, everything we do, you want to run more ads, you just spend more money. You want to run more TV, you spend more money. We've got ab- access to all the manufacturing we need, logistics, right? Uh, most of our revenue still comes from Amazon. We just have to manufacture products, ship it to Amazon, and run the ads, let them do uh, their heavy lifting. And this is the power of the model that we're putting into place. So for anybody that's looking to see, you know, are these guys, is this company going to get to substantial revenue? I know I said earlier we're looking for six-figure months early in the year, seven-figure months, you know, later on in the year. And that should probably tell you what we're looking for in terms of, you know, what we think the next 12 months are going to look like from a revenue standpoint. And when I talk about those numbers, I just want everybody to remember. When I talk about those numbers, I'm talking only about night food and only for the bars because that's the only segment of the business where we, you know, we know our costs, we know our, our, our metrics. I mean, it would be irresponsible to even talk about, you know, what could happen with some of the other verticals, whether it's, uh, whether it's the CBD stuff, if we do marijuana stuff, uh, or even things like night food ice cream or, or chips, right? All these numbers that I'm talking about is simply for products that we already have, not just um, in development, but that are already out there in the marketplace because that's, that's, those are the numbers that we know. Well, Sean, that was the last question. Listeners, once again, this is Stuart Smith. I want to thank you all so much for sending in your questions. Uh, I look forward to hearing more from you about this company. Uh, go ahead and keep emailing those questions now to investors at nightfood.com and of course learn about and get the product at nightfood.com so i'd like to thank sean folkson sean thanks so much for your time here today thank you Stuart. it's my pleasure thanks for your help absolutely for sean folkson this is Stuart smith saying thanks so much for listening